Welcome. This is Literature for Life, a conversation with a lovely person about a piece of literature that has had a pretty big impact on them or their life. My name is Jess. I write sometimes. I love books and stories and people. My guest today is Michelle, a friend of a wonderful friend, a paediatric physiotherapist and a fellow South African. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. Um, I heard you're a massive fan of books. <laughs> I am. I am. like to read. Is, yes. I can. Perfect. Which is um, why I'm really excited to chat to you. Um, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Getting used to the dark nights. Otherwise, okay. Very nice. Yeah. I must say that um, I'm fully, like, this is my favorite time of year which a lot of people seem to find a bit ah, fascinating I know. Yes. like you're like okay okay cool um I can just become a like a real hermit and I I fully love that yeah staying away from- I like it until the in mid-January I like the Christmas lights and the beauty of that Christmas vibe that kind of builds very early it seems these days until you know mid-January plus minus but then the darkness really hits one until it gets lighter again yes I agree I mean I love this time of year I hate January yeah yeah I agree Um, and by February I'm like sick to the back teeth yeah get Um, me out of here yes exactly um but today but today we're we're in good vibe we're in good um spirits yes (laughs) um okay great so I'm really excited to chat to you today I know what book you're going to chat about um and it's definitely an interesting one. So um, please, will you tell me and my lovely listeners about the book that you've chosen to discuss today? I've chosen Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. It's written by Yuval Noah Harari. I was recommended it at some point about five years ago. And it's one of those books that it was the perfect book at the perfect time for every question and all the questions I didn't have. So it really stuck with me. And often when people say, because I've gone through a lot of life changes and they sort of look at me with that questioning how, why, what, and I go, well, actually it started with reading the book Sapiens. So it's an interesting, has a benchmark moment in my life. That is perfect. That is exactly what we want to discuss on this podcast Um, because books often do have massive impacts like that um, on, and I think, I think, I think a lot of people underestimate the power that, literature can have um so yes brilliant I'm excited to dig into it um this book is one of those books that I think had like its viral moment like I I don't know how many I think I think maybe 10 years or so ago whenever it first came out yeah and like yeah. everybody was reading definitely it. late to the party <laughs> yeah 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 every everybody was reading it like I, I I would see people on the tube or in train stations like with a copy of it And then I met my partner and he was like, I've read Sapiens. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But um, but I've never read it myself. I I must admit, I I struggle with I struggle with nonfiction at the best of times. Um, But but yeah, so, I mean, I'm really interested to know sort of why you decided to pick the book up. But before we get on to that, I think, could you maybe tell us a little bit about what the book is? actually about for, for people like me who haven't read it yeah so it's it is very non-fiction and it, it is quite a tough read so many of my friends who've started it have never finished it 
I've given it to people, family members, because I found it so amazing and they've never finished it. So it's a dry, hard read. And I, I think the reason I could keep going, I, I'm quite, I don't often read nonfiction either, to be fair. I love fiction. So every now and again, I will, I will dig in. But this, it was really just, like I said, that so many questions I'd been looking for the answers to. He just had this beautiful way of succinctly just summarizing. And so because it's a, it is a brief history of humankind. Literally, he takes it right back of the sapien species and he goes, where did we come from? Why are we where we're at? In a, and he summarizes beautifully and weaves in geography, science, um, physics, chemistry, um, just history. He just weaves everything together. And so for me, the way he wrote, it just made sense and it flowed. So I found myself unable to put the book down. However, it is very fact heavy. So you can get quite bogged down in the first paragraph of going, oh my goodness, I can't take in all these facts because it does link in. And in some ways, because he zooms out on so many different subjects, you kind of feel a little bit of familiarity from your school learning but then he tells you something new. So your brain's going, oh, something new. But then it's almost overwhelming because it's too many new things, but familiar things. So that was good for me because I just really wanted to know a different version of the big story um, of, of, of humanity. And, you, you know, you learn that culturally you get told stories. We all get told stories by country, by faith. And I had been told a very specific story, which at that point when this friend recommended the book, she realized and recognized in me that I was grappling with really abandoning a lot of pre-existing beliefs, but I didn't really know. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with that. Um, and so she's like, oh, you should read Sapiens. So I think it was almost a flippant com comment on her behalf, but it was a very powerful book for me to be recommended at that point. So it's it's the, it's, it's the story of evolution of, yeah. of like, yeah, yeah. In a yeah. nutshell, it's a story. Yeah, yeah. it's a story 70, of years of the sapien story. Like when we we were not monkeys anymore. At that point at which mostly yeah. there's yeah. consensus that you know Neanderthals or you know Homo sapiens, and and really then weaving in, but not just because often I think that information can come in very strong silos. Mm. The, the archaeologists will tell you a story, and then the physics guys will tell you a story. And this is the beauty of the book for me is that he interweaves that knowledge those timelines, what happened 70,000 years ago in everything that was relevant to humanity from a biological, from a physiological, you know, all the different perspectives, which, yeah, that that to me was a rare voice because I had looked for information, but it was always so siloed. Mm -hmm. You have to go down some kind of tunnel in this this sort of area of knowledge. So, yeah, that, that I found really helpful. I think probably there's people who are specialists in their fields who probably will pick him apart. I, I, I'm okay with... I don't have to have the hundred percent fact. I feel I can trust his narrative enough that he's yeah. you know, he's got a good gist of it. Yeah. Also, like they're not the key audience of this book. Like no, true. <laughs> your yeah. experience of the book is very is very like it's specific to you. Obviously, there'll be other people who had the, a similar experience to you, but you you were reading for the facts, yes. But by the sounds of it, I mean to read to because how long did it take you to finish this book? Oh, about two, three weeks max. I just I jumped in and I couldn't put it down. Yeah. So like you I were like, because, yeah, I was you were like grunge. absorbing. Yeah. You yeah. were absorbing yeah. because you were, you were in a space in your life where you really needed that information. Yes, so exactly. that's, I couldn't you know, believe I'd found a book that had literally like, you know, all the answers. I know they're not like definitive, but 
it really put, pulled together so many things. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah it took me two or three um, weeks. And my friend was actually flabbergasted. She said, I've been trying to read this book for four years, literally, because I think she picked it up when it had been viral. And then we we're talking about me coming to the party five years later. And she's like, I can't believe you finished it. I'm like, yeah, such was the state of my inquisitiveness and the way he he quenched that thirst, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so so quite a dry book, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, heavy yeah. on the fact, heavy on the theory. Yeah. It would definitely be the kind of book that I would struggle to engage with. But again, not in that, not in that same place that you were when you came to the book. Um, yeah. So, so will you tell us then exactly why? So your friend made a flip and comment, but why did you decide to then start reading it? Yeah, so I think I was kind of pre-med life crisis at that point because looking back, that wasn't actually the point at which I really probably was just throwing all the babies and the bathwater and everything out, but. I definitely was questioning my faith. I had had up till that point from about the age of 10. So I, so when I read the book, I would have been what, 40, 42, 43, I'm now 46. Um, and up to that point, I was a Christian, a fundamentalist, Bible bashing, will try and convert you Christian. And so this friend, when I'd started working with her, she did not, not that at that point I was quite so fervent, but she, she'd she seen this change in me from being this fervent Christian to then being quite neutral and numb to it all. And then actually being quite almost, uh, I was quite, I got quite angry at a point. And when they wanted to put the Christian decorations up, Christian themed Christmas decorations up in our department, I, I wanted to take, I took them all down and I said, I don't want Jesus part of this. We can just have a generic and she just looked at me and so I guess she'd observed what I was feeling and was reflecting back to me a little bit and I wasn't really talking to anybody at that point I'd I'd avoid I'd already pulled away from church community that I'd been part of and I was just sitting with really just unpicking and unraveling a, a very very like I say very strong sort of woven script into everything I believed about life myself and everything and I can't really tell you why that happened, but it just did. And I just went with it. I also read um, what I like doing. Barack Obama, <laughs> he will annually give you his book list, books to read. Okay. And he gives you a song list. And for some reason that year I had, so one of the books on his, so he gives you 10 books of the year, usually around New Year. It's really worth looking out for because I read five of the books of his books on the, of the year and it wasn't, Sapiens wasn't one of them, but it was part of those books that year that really just challenged my thinking. And one was I Am Muhammad. So it was because from a Christian fundamentalist perspective, as a South African white girl in a mm -hmm. small town, I was, I was told a story, a very specific patriarchal white male Christian story about everything, why we exist, what's happening, how we got here, and I just, you know, you're just a child. You just obviously absorb all that. And my parents were sort of liberal in the relation to that point. They weren't super obsessed on all those facts or whatever, those that approach. But they, neither did they really give me an alternative. So they just left me kind of vacant there. But I, so I absorbed this whole. And then comes me 43 or 42 vibes, and I just can't actually my brain's just going, this isn't going to work for us anymore, but we don't really know what else. So how do you find the information? Because it's actually quite hard to, it's like a search for truth, isn't it? And everyone yeah. has their own truth. Yeah. Like they have their version of the truth. And, and so it, therefore it was also interesting for me. I'd never understood the Muslim faith. 
from anything apart from, oh, it's not Jesus, it's bad, they're going to hell. They're you know, a really negative mm. mindset. And and so reading I Am Muhammad was, was fantastic. I loved it. I just kind of, oh, my gosh, I really need. And that was the first bit of me going, there are other versions of stories of humanity. And that's why I was so primed because I'm like, okay, there's these monotheistic faiths, there's polytheistic faiths. Who says who says what's what's right? <laughs> who mm. says that? Yeah. Who gets to say that? So you know, it was it was just, and therefore again with sapiens, because it can be such a personal truth, personal choice, and you can't really go down the road of you shouldn't be this, you shouldn't be that, you shouldn't think this. So yeah, sapiens then does that zoom out and it goes, okay, what? what is the common behavior what is the biological evolutionary drivers it's all a version of a darwin like a modern day darwin like mm. let's look at these things let's just understand things no emotions no preconceived ideas no gods like fine if they are gods that's great i don't mind i really don't mind about a god i just don't need to be keep told keep being told there's this one god with this one way and everybody yeah. else is wrong which as much as christians sometimes try and say oh god loves everybody i'm like yeah, but you have some very strict rules as to who goes to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. love everybody, but not everybody's going to heaven. Kind of vibe. Anyway, so there was a lot of me that was rebelling against those rules. And then I realized I just couldn't, I couldn't do both. I couldn't say I was a Christian and then not believe in the Christian rules about heaven. And yeah, they'd always been a bit of a rub with that for me, to be honest. I, I never felt like I was the good Christian. So, yeah, anyway, that, like I said, came to full fruition. And all the questions needed answering at once, plus minus, and Sapiens really did a good job. So it was really a relief because there's things like the gossip theory. Have you ever heard of this? No, tell me. So he raises it in Sapiens quite early in the book because he goes, 70,000 years ago, our brains were about the size of the Neanderthals. And I think, why did the Homo sapien, why did he start to dominate here? the homo sapien then why did they start to dominate and actually there'll be evidence that neanderthals and other branches of of human would would disappear and one of these theories is that we had this cognitive revolution and that our brains actually acquired the ability to communicate better one of the the signs of it and one of the things is the gossip theory so because we could gossip because we could tell each other who you can trust who you can't who's got the best bananas <laughs> We yeah. could do something different to other groups. A group of monkeys, they couldn't communicate in the same way in terms of how we accumulate what we have, how we share it, how we move forward. And, and actually then he talks so fascinatingly about small numbers. So a small herd or herd or pack or troop of monkeys, they'll have an alpha male. But if that group gets bigger than a certain number, it has to split because the alpha male dynamic doesn't work. There's too much competition. And then he applies this to the humans and goes, oh, you know, and it was just so fascinating because it's like, so gossiping was an evolutionary trait that served us really well. And yet, as a Christian girl, to be told I was gossiping was a sin, you know, so it takes these things and I go, oh, wow, this is just humanness. This isn't, you know, it kind of, I really had a strong sin script, which I needed to make sense of, that it's not a Michelle problem. It's actually, this is how humans behave. And actually, it was an evolutionary trait that meant we survived for 70,000 years. So the reason I gossip today is because my ancestors yeah. <laughs> survived. So it's just flipping the script on on why we do what we do. And that was quite liberating for me. 
So that's that's really interesting when you say liberating, because that's what that's the kind that's what I'm getting from this. Like it sounds like you found a book that it was like that was like it's it's okay to feel the way that you feel, which yeah. must have been such a relief. Oh, 100 percent. Oh, my God. The relief. Literally, that was the main word. And that was why you know, like I said I couldn't put it down because. I had really absorbed the Bible. I'm quite a literal person, actually. I had been one of the, like I say, a fundamentalist Christian. I'm like, if the Bible said X, it was X. It wasn't fluid, contextual, maybe 200 years yeah. ago. With, no nuance, you know, yeah. It was, it was, it was real and it was true. And and so when you have that book dominating your thinking on your morality, on your interaction with other humans, on heaven and hell and sin and freedom and what means freedom and yeah, I was quite t- I was quite tied up in knots because despite being told I should feel free because I had technically accepted Jesus as my savior, I'd done all these Bible points. I never felt that I never felt free. I felt guilty and anxious and tormented a little bit about I've done the wrong thing again and yeah. I'm never good enough and all of that. So yeah, so reading sapiens and going, oh, this is just this is just like I say, just basic human behavior because that when and maybe it was the churches I went to. I don't want to, you know, completely just bash Christianity as a whole. Like I'm sure there's different. No, this variations. is your experience though, and your experience, is, experience is valid. Yeah, yeah, and you know, so it's very, very hard for me. I haven't even told all of my Christian from my previous life Christian friends that I've, I've not, I'm not have faith anymore because it's really hard. Some just cannot. They cannot even conceptualize knowing how I was and how I, mm-hmm. how firmly I believed. And one friend, she just, she, I can't even have a conversation. Partic- I have told her, which I kind of regret, because whenever I try and explain to her why I've come to this place or what it means to me, she takes it as an attack on on the fact that she still yeah. believes. So it's a really difficult space to navigate. Mm. And, yeah, anyway, but for me it was very liberating to read about human behavior <laughs> across the 70,000. Because Darwin, to be fair, you know, he, he gives you concepts and biological principles, but it's a very biological perspective. It doesn't yeah. weave in quite the same way. And and just those different perspectives, even the psychological theory of, of evolutionary process, like gossip theory. And so why do people accumulate into cities? What yeah. is a, Why a city and, and why an empire? And yeah, just all that bigger scheme, human behavior. He literally covers everything. It's, it's phenomenal, the book. So yeah, it is a lot to take in. Um. I mean, it sounds it, it, like I said before. Like it sounds like you were ready, you you were hungry for yeah. this information, and it's almost 100%. like you wanted to go back to basics. Like you wanted, oh yeah, hundred percent. You were like you needed to change your 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 base understanding so you could start to build your own truth again, right? Yes, hundred percent. That's exactly right. I needed to go back to basics, and that sounds had- yeah, that sounds incredibly freeing. But I mean, what? if I'm honest, that also sounds quite destabilizing. How did it feel like in that moment? Because because this was your whole belief system, right? Yeah, Which is kind of yeah. like your foundation. So like, yeah. as that was changing, yeah, you know, so, and as you were reading this book, like, was it all, was it all like relief and, 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 and sort of fee- feeling free or was there, was there a little bit more like, because I think if I was in that, I just feel like if I was in that situation, I might also have felt a bit like wobbly, if that made sense. <laughs> No, 100%. And so what was interesting was I, I I compartmentalized a lot and I didn't deal with everything at once. And I've kind of unpacked stuff. So there was that phase of acquiring the knowledge 
And then my emotions kind of had to catch up because I think I just paused on feeling things. Mm. I, I was also on, um, I had struggled with depression and I was an, on an antidepressant and I had been at that point um, seven years. And so I wasn't feeling all the feelings. I was just accumulate. It was just like a cold knowledge. I'm like, I'm just, yeah. just you know, I'm just, that makes sense. it's not actually the full spectrum of me. Yeah. So, and then during COVID 2020, it was another layer of everything because then I stopped taking, I decided I really needed to feel who I was again. I'd been 10 years on antidepressants at that point. I wasn't being properly monitored by the GP because I'd also changed practices, COVID, all those things. And I just thought, I need to just wean myself off. I knew that one has to do this safely, wean off slowly. And I didn't really know my GP. I didn't, you know, that's not great advice. You should always go through the GP properly and be fully under their care. I went a bit rogue. I went off the meds, stopped asking for repeat prescriptions and weaned myself off. And then I started feeling the feelings. Oh, <laughs> like gosh. three months after coming off of all the meds, and I went into deep, deep, deep depression. And where in the past I might have had my faith to lift me, mm-hmm. I realized I, I stripped that away. And I was quite happy with that. I didn't need to try and reintroduce it. But I was very raw and very, um, very, yeah, I had nothing. Almost um, rudderless, right? Because yeah, rudderless, you, 100%. You need to, and, like, then, then you're almost searching for a new meaning. Yeah, and it, it's very tempting at that point just to slip back back into oh I used to love reading the Psalms and that was really comforting and biblical verses and that sort of you know future life or not future life eternal life those other things that would calm your your nerves and I realized no I need to feel my body I need to feel these feelings I've been told that enough along the way that is one of my favorite things feel your feelings sit in your feelings it's also one of the hardest things to do as a human so hard so hard it's so easy to dissociate to distract oh yeah especially (laughs) now with all of our distractions yeah yeah so I I'd had that message enough and I just I I was yeah I would just have to lie down I was I was a little bit too unraveled to actually cope with even distracting myself to be honest and I used sound therapy I would listen to waves because I've always loved the ocean I've never really lived near an ocean but I used I tried to just address all my senses. I'd listened to a podcast that a friend had recommended and it, it really enlightened me on that body work. So okay. we, I would often try to do the mind work out, inside out. It was like kind of that outside in, cold showers, long walks, listening to music, scents. So using aromatherapy, you yeah. know, I tried all that stuff. And to be honest, it kind of was a very, very, very slow process. And I think the main thing that needed to happen was all of the the, the antidepressant, that neurotransmitter interference needed to work its way fully through my system and come completely out. And then I also did some counseling. Um, I did some telephone counseling. She was really, really good because she just cut through all my noise. And she picked up on some things that I was obviously suppressing or I had my little scripts. And she picked up on the fact that I had rejected my faith or abandoned my faith without deconstructing that. And I was like, what? There's more work? So she's like, <laughs> stop believing in something. You have to, you have, like you said, you, you, you're rudderless. Now, where's your rudder? You have to reconstruct or at least fully deconstruct. Because she, what she said was, you've, you're still holding those beliefs about yourself and your circumstance, but you're not calling it Christianity. But you're still treating yourself in the same way that you did. So like, 
if you don't actually completely deconstruct it and then choose what you believe, you're, you, you know, you, you're in this place. And she picked up on a few things I'd said about incidents where I'd expressed anger. And she's like, and I was like, oh, I'm not allowed to express anger. And anger is an evil emotion. She goes, why are you saying that? And it was just really good to hear her. I mean, telephone counseling, I didn't really like it at first because there's something quite different. It's quite, there's a, quite a barrier between you, like to really share yourself. But then you get to this place where you overshare because there is a barrier. You're not looking at a person. Yeah. You're talking on the phone. Anyway, she was, I must say, those six sessions with Sandra were amazing. She really, and she was so brutal in terms of there would only be six because that was what the NHS gave us in our little package if we needed oh, something. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I was like, oh, my goodness. But it, it's good. You know, you also need discipline in those sort of things. So you can get the most out of it. Um, yeah, so good old Sandra. She kept telling me, stop. Well, she, she sort of said, don't vilify. Don't villainize or vilify your anger. It's telling you something. You need to listen to that emotion. If you keep ignoring it, it's going to come out yeah. in inappropriate moments. and That's such good advice. Exactly, right? And, and anger doesn't have to be bad. No. No, yeah. exactly. Like, I think, you know, I often, um, if I'm... Me, me and my partner live in a tiny flat um, and we both work from home most of the time. And so we're very good at observing each other's behavior. And so if one of us is kicking off over something very small, um, then the other one will like sit the other, like we'll sit each other down and be like, um, what's wrong? No, but what's really wrong? Like, and then it's, it's, it's always something, yeah, it's always something bigger. Like you're not actually mad that you stubbed your toe or burnt the toast. Like, what you what you're really you know what you're really feeling is extreme burnout you know that kind of thing because your feelings will tell you you will tell you what is happening in your body and and in your mind you just need you need that layer of like um pause and reflection yeah yeah, and and also like non non non-judgment for yourself like we're so hard on ourselves we're actually so mean to ourselves um but you've got to approach your own um your own emotions with as much um non-judgment as you would someone else yeah no 100 yeah that was also a learning journey on that side of things of speaking more compassionately to myself also that I used to get that comment all the time you're so hard on yourself you're so hard on yourself I'm like I'm just being I used to think it was just like I'm sort of self-critical. I'm like, I was happy mm-hmm. to say self-critical. I didn't like people saying I was hard on myself. Yeah. They're the same thing. Um, but yeah, I would I would really hold myself to some kind of level of behavior or thought process that was very high or not even necessarily necessary. And yeah, that inner script can become very negative. I mean, especially yeah. if you grew up with the word sin being attached to a lot of things. Like sin oh. is a very heavy, it's a very heavy word. It's got a very... Very heavy connotations, and so it's not Satan and you know evil and death and you know immortal eternal damnation. You know they're heavy; they're very heavy concepts too. And 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 you can't just decide one day I don't believe that without like literally, like Sandra said, you have to unravel that and deconstruct that, and not just say you stop believing it, but actually not believe it in your subconscious. Hard because you haven't. I had integrated that message fully into my whole being yeah um, so that was a process that took a while yeah so literally sapiens gave me it gave me a foundation I could rest back and I'll go okay this is I don't have to worry that I don't know what the thing is 
Like, I don't need to know fully. I know enough and I understand that process. And now the, the inner work and that personal journey of, yeah, making my peace with myself, that was the thing. That's powerful, hey? Because it's almost like you needed someone else to be like, to, to give you to give you room to start exp, exp, you know exploring yourself as opposed to you being you being constantly tied to this one script like it's yeah, almost like it, sapiens it, was like here's here's a different here's a different point of view <laughs> yeah, yeah no and and that that concept of external validation versus internal validation oh, yeah so the external validation in that Christian script was always I'm constantly seeking approval I'm constantly seeking that community to vet me to you know even choosing who I married and what big decisions there was this kind of pastoral you know, supervision of these things because God needed to approve um, and then it suddenly go well actually I need to decide these things for me like none of those people yeah. have anything to do with those decisions that's a me thing and what and where is actual peace mm. it's not pleasing those people it's actually in, in finding out who I am and being true to me. And that literally, that has literally been like the last three years journey of just even accepting the truth of actually at some points, not, not knowing who I am. I literally got to a point in about February of 2021. I'm like, who, I don't know who I am because at that point I'd abandoned who I thought I was. Yeah. I really understand who's Michelle. And it was, it's, it's kind of weaves in that stuff where, you know, the inner child work. Oh, yes. Family systems. And, and to be honest, though, there's for me, there was a lot of wisdom in that place. And actually realizing that I've also read once or twice a meme that says the only two people you need to please are your eight-year-old self and your 80-year-old self. Oh, yeah. And it's a beautiful thing because I'm like, yeah, my eight-year-old self was quite different to Michelle today. And she learned a whole lot of things to please others and actually – who you know it's kind of being back going back to that and it does I think it does freak some people out because it's a child and what you know what is the what is the mindset of a child but there's a core self at that point that hasn't oh, been oh gosh that is that is a when you are at that stage in your life like you are it's it's such a foundational part like part of your development like you know a lot of your um and I mean, this is coming from someone who doesn't have a child, has not studied any of this. But like from what from my little bits of understanding, a lot of a lot of who you become, like how you react to certain things, the way that your brain um, processes processes information and also responds to things, is is born out of your experience as a child and um certain things that happen to you at a child at a certain age like it's so much of what we do as an adult and how we approach things and it is from there yeah and that neural mapping of your inner self so much important work gets laid down and you know those first five years and then up till age seven and when your frontal lobe only comes online like your ability to even conceptualize things properly only really comes alive at seven so you know your eight-year-old self is still quite a young version of yourself but it's it's it is very much a true a true representation of your personality your true mm. passion your true that fun the the joy that you'll get in your life and and even your talents or your natural inclination towards things and then you know life kind of various experiences and things will reshape and, and address all those things you learn other coping mechanisms and that's the bit that kind of then you look at where I'm at now and I'm going, 
there's coping mechanisms that are healthy and there's coping mechanisms that are not and it's then so <laughs> yes you know going for going for a walk when I'm stressed great sitting on my bed in the dark at two two, two o'clock in the afternoon eating two bags of M&Ms is probably not the most healthy coping mechanism will I do it once in a while yes should I do yeah. it all the time no <laughs> so yeah I mean so this I, I'm quite a curious person and that's I guess has been helpful for me to navigate things I'm I keep asking why I definitely don't have all the answers um and I'm, I'm just because we're doing this this podcast I, I actually started rereading Sapiens because I thought it'd be really fascinating to read it now to see what I get from it five years later. And how's it felt? Oh my goodness, I'm just back there again. I'm like, oh my God, I'm just racing through. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's such a brilliant statement to make. And just, just yeah, like, I guess because you, you know that he's summarizing wealths of knowledge that if you had to try and, you know, go down, like yeah. I say, big silos, you could never. So his brain just has this beautiful ability to, to, to just group thoughts and theories and concepts and move it along mm. quite quite beautifully in a story that yeah like I say it combines so many factors but it keeps the thread moving forward it doesn't get yeah. stuck and go deep it just kind of keeps bumbling along um so yeah I'm just I'm loving it again it sounds like a big part of your enjoyment now is what you said about you being a very curious person like it sounds like you're just a person who absolutely loves um learning about new things and getting new information and and um I have quite a few friends like that and I'm I'm always jealous because I'm curious to an extent but my brain will disengage if it feels like it's had too much information and that wow. bar is not high <laughs> it's just not very high whereas like I have friends who will they're full of questions they want to like if there's a topic that they love they will explore every part of that topic and they'll get you know so you know it sounds like you're enjoying the book all over again not because you're in the same place but because of of who you are as that curious person and because there were so many facts to digest there was no way I would. yeah there was no no yeah. way I need to probably read about five more times to get a good recall um yeah so no it's it's yeah for me a really good book yeah I mean what an absolute what a wild journey you've been on since starting to read the book in here. Like, yeah. What I'll say is well done for getting to this point because all of that stuff you've been talking about is it takes such a lot of determination and energy. And even though you were in a really low place and you probably didn't feel like you had it, you know, there were, there were parts of your, of, of that, of that time period where you you didn't feel like you have you had any energy you weren't doing any of the work like if you look back at all all of everything that you've done to get to where you are now yeah that's so that's amazing that is you've basically picked apart everything you thought was your truth and you've like you've rebuilt it and in the in the process you've rebuilt like who who you see yourself as which is wild frankly yeah that's about the gist of it yeah and it, yeah like you say there were there were phases where literally nothing was happening I was literally binge watching tv lying on a bed for hours I was doing the bare minimum of keeping my family going working and then just could not I had zero energy for socializing mm. and 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 I, what is wonderful though I've always had this um personal drive to journal 
I've always journaled oh, my whole good. life. So it is it's quite chilling sometimes, but fascinating and great, like to read what I was writing back then oh, and yeah. what I'm writing now. And that can be just such a phenomenal boost because the side journey along all that was I needed to lose weight. I'd become really unhealthy with my habits with food. So from 2021, I lost until 2022, mid-2022, I lost 20 kilograms of weight. I needed to to drop death. There was like there were quite a few different things that were going on. I was just, I literally became this like machine. Like I've got to fix these things. And I would journal about where I was at and I would set my goals. I'm like, I need to lose this amount of weight. I need to, you know, reduce the debt by this much. And and then watching, going back and reflecting on that journey, I sometimes think, how did I do that? That's actually just, yeah. But you can, anybody can literally do anything. Because I think at the time you don't feel like you can. Yeah, But the only thing that kept me going was just going, I'm just going to, sometimes it was just the next hour. I'm just going to get through the next hour. Yeah, And I'm just going to keep this idea. Like, I'm not going to hold myself calmly. Okay, I hope that I will have done this by then. But I kept kind of being quite kind to myself. Like, if we don't, that's fine. We'll adjust the the, 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 the dates or the, you know, the goals. But we keep going. We keep trying. And yeah. And that, that was it. Like, just keep going. Like, they're one foot in front of the other. And, yeah, just a combination of different things. And, and then you find yourself up on the other side. And you're like, wow, wow. I'm just so glad I managed to keep going. Yeah. That's amazing. Um thank you so much for having this conversation with me I think I think there'll be a lot of people who um are really grateful to to hear this conversation so thank you um well yeah thank you so much Michelle this has been really really wonderful and um I just I appreciate your honesty and like opening up and 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 telling me and our lovely listeners um about something so personal to you um we appreciate it a lot and it's exactly the kind of conversation we enjoy having and listening to so thank you um and yeah I yeah thank you very much no problem it's been a pleasure and have a good evening